Hey, y'all, I want you to check out Brooklyn Games. Go to patreon.com backslash Brooklyn Games. It's like a monthly zine subscription. Each issue is chock full of imaginative, useful information you will use at your table. Go to patreon.com backslash Brooklyn Games for a new issue in your mailbox or inbox every month. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian. And today, our special guest is, well, it's Steve Jackson of, well, Steve Jackson Games. Welcome. Oh, Logar, I see you. I, I see you as well. I, I'm excited to see you. You know, you're one of the probably, probably in my, I've been probably gaming since the late 80s, uh, over 30 some years now. And if there is a name I've known in gaming for most of that time, if not all, it's yours. <laughs> well, it's an easier name to remember than Gygax. That's that's my excuse. And, uh, see, we, for many years before I even played D&D, &D, we were into science fiction games and, and things like that. My first game was actually Foss's Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. So I was exposed to GURPS before D&D. &D. <laughs> okay. I, I'm just gonna say it's exciting to have you on, and I'd like to talk to you about some of your games. That's cool. I'm I'm not bored with it yet. If I ever get bored, I'll retire. Well, excellent, excellent. I, I I find them fascinating. I play a lot of games. I've been doing it for a while, so I think we wanted to talk a little bit about Fantasy Trip. Is that correct? Uh, that's the one that's eating my brain the most right now. It was, uh, it stemmed from the second game I ever designed, which is Melee, which is still available. As a matter of fact, it's available as a PDF for free on our site. Melee. So, so uh, what is Melee? Is it, it sounds like chain mail or something like that. <laughs> uh, no, Melee is a hex based man to man. Creature to Creature War Game. It was spawned by my playing D&D &D and not liking the combat system. So I said, fine, I'll shut up about how I could write a better combat system and I'll just try it. Excellent. And uh, it it came out and we play tested it a lot and we printed it and people liked it. Nice. So then I came along and did it again only with magic, and that was called Wizard. Oh, yes. That's available. And then uh, this was back when I was still with metagaming. And then we did a couple of little solo adventures for it. And we did the whole fantasy trip role playing game based around the combat system in uh, Melee and Wizard. Now, Fantasy Trip, what, what year did that originally come out? It was in the 80s, wasn't it? Am I mistaken? Or? Uh, you're not very mistaken. I think it was 79. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm off a little bit. <laughs> so, we're all off a little bit. <laughs> so 79, and there's a current edition out right now. Is that correct? Yes, uh, I got the rights back from metagaming a few years ago and uh, and republished. So I'm a 
I'm always interested in knowing what a system is like. What is the what is what is the fantasy trip system like? How does it differ from what we might be used to? Well, it's hex based because my earliest war game experiences were with SPI and Avalon Hill stuff, and I still think hexes are a good way to show movement. Uh, it uses only six-sided dice in the basic system. Now, we've had some polyhedra creep into some of the reaction tables and so on, because I admit polyhedra are cool, <laughs> but I didn't want to keep track of them when I was just rolling combat. So your basic task resolution system, which includes combat, is roll 3d6 and try to roll low. Excellent. And... I know for a fact that you definitely have done some other D6-based games as well. <laughs> yes, I I pretty much lean on D6. That's nice. So is, the, is there a reason that you lean towards D6s in your game specifically? I don't know. Uh, I've been asked that question before, and I don't have a good answer. <laughs> um, the only game that I can recall that uses a polyhedron is Cthulhu Dice. I have designed some others that haven't been released that use eight-siders. One of them, the working title, is eight-sider, in fact. <laughs> but that never came out. I have the bell-shaped curves for 3D6 and 4D6 burned in my brain, so that always helps when it comes time to do design work. I know exactly what I'm getting. I I, I think I need to start committing some of those bell-shaped curves because I've been doing a lot more with my D6s here lately. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so I need to start. I know that we went over this in, in college under my statistics course that I took when I went to school, but that's been been a minute and and i'll be honest yeah. i don't remember anything from statistics <laughs> i loved my stats course it was great I, I i was i was very engaged in it because when i don't know something i tend to ask a lot of questions mm -hmm. <laughs> and i had a lot of questions when it came to that course well people don't get statistics we did not evolve in the jungle to calculate probabilities and we don't have a good subroutine in our head for doing that. So we get all excited about the chance of dying in a plane flight because that's exciting. And we get into a car without a thought, even though that's terribly risky. See, I, I'm, I'm actually the exact opposite of that. I have no problem flying. I have extreme anxiety in cars. <laughs> well, then, then you are... <laughs> <laughs> further evolved than most of us because the car is where you should be evolved, uh, should be anxious. Yeah, I, I in fact, I, I in the last couple of years, the, the VA has given me these little uh, anxiety pills to help me when I'm driving, so I'm not freaking out. <laughs> ah, I think I need some of those for day to day life. Yeah, they're useful, they're nice. I go to the VA, <laughs> so I'm not qualified, I never served. <laughs> so the fantasy trip 
that's uh I'd say most games that I see that are fantasy based games, um, how does it differ? I mean, we're still dungeon delving and still playing your basic fantasy characters and all that. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Remember when this came out uh, at the time, there was one known way to, to do fantasy and that was to knock off Fritz Lieber and J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> so, does this go more into Fritz Lieber or are we going to Tolkien? We got our elves and dwarves and stuff like that from Tolkien. You as got well? your elves, you got your dwarves, you got your orcs and your halflings and your goblins. Except my goblins are not bad guys. My orcs aren't bad guys either. They're just hard asses. Excellent. Excellent. And when it comes to like rolling up characters, how does that work? Cause I know with GURPS it was ah. based on a point. Well, yeah, uh, Fantasy Trip uh, uses a point system, but it's a very simplified one. You don't roll up a character. There's no randomness in it. You are assigned points to spend between the stats, and you just assign them where you want them, and then you do the thing. Now, I know with GURPS, there tends to be like the DM will assign a certain amount of points that can vary, if I'm correct. If yes, I'm remembering correct. correctly, because if you want to have more powerful characters, you want to give like a larger amount or like yeah. you're playing supers or some kind of magic casting thing, stuff like well, that. You want more points. So is there a variation on points in this as well? Or is it just kind of a set amount? It's a smaller variation. The mm. default is a 32 point character. It is not your first rodeo at 32 points but it might only be your third or fourth. Ah. You can still die. And Fantasy Trip is a very deadly system. There's none of this, oh, I have dozens of hit points to spare. Let's see what that dragon breathes. <laughs> none of that book. What that dragon breathes is your death. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Do not stand in front of dragon. I'm a big fan of deadly systems. I... I feel that it makes sense <laughs> in a lot of ways. Most of the time, if I'm walking through the woods, like if I'm taking a hike and I run into, oh, let's say I run happen across a wolf or a bear or something. I'm You're not running at it to place. attack it. Right. I'm, not, I'm not going after it violently. You need I a new place to hike, man. <laughs> It's a violent place, right? I did run into a snake recently in one of my runs in the middle of the road. It scared me to death. And I just tried to make a huge circle around yeah. the thing. <laughs> yeah, do not fight snake. Snake is your friend. There you go. Yeah, but it seems that whenever we're gaming, a lot of times, and maybe it's just been tables I've been at in the past, not all game groups, but often whatever you run into, the answer is instantly to attack and kill it. Well, D&D put that in our brains by giving us experience points for what we killed. Yep. The only way to get more buff was to kill stuff. <laughs> so, kill, kill, kill. And the more you kill, the tougher you became because you just kept on growing with hit points as well. So you just became yep. easier for you to kill and take your attacks. <laughs> yep. How does that work when it comes to fantasy trips? Well, you don't advance as fast and you can't advance as high. It's not a game for munchkins. <laughs> Money is important. Uh, 
if you can get the monster to give up all their stuff so you can buy good armor, you don't have to kill the monster. So, so I suppose it encourages mugging rather than murdering, which is a step up socially. Yeah, I'd, but, I'd but say still, so. <laughs> yeah. That depends on who you mug. No. Yeah. Well, I've been mugged. I've never been murdered. Oh. I'd like to keep it that way. Yeah, I, I, I'd prefer not to be uh, murdered. Tell me about the actual box that Fantasy Trip comes in at this point. Oh, it's, I can show you. It'll I just take like, me a I second would, to I would love to pick see it, it up. It's a big box. Now, this is what we call dead air. I'm really right over here, but you can't see. <laughs> it's all right. I edit. <laughs> the first, okay, let's get the headies back on. First, I'm going to show you a little box. This is one of the boxes that come inside the big box. This is an adventure. Oh, and the original Melee and Wizard were packaged in something smaller than this. Oh, wow. And now for the big box. <laughs> this is the Legacy Edition, the it, Fantasy Trip. The art, it, it, for those of you who are listening and can't see, the art is, is, is pretty nice. It's, it's pretty well done. I'm curious who's... Who did that cover for that? Uh, let me look. I think that was Rick Hershey, who's our go-to guy on a lot of stuff. He does both black and white in color, and he kicks ass. Yes, I can instantly spot his style in black and white, but in color, he varies what he does. Okay. Uh, this is the box that the Legacy Edition comes in. Okay, now for those of you that are listening, this thing is is freaking huge. It's it's much bigger than a slipcase that holds three books, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I rolled back enough. Yeah, you can see it. It is it is a pretty it is a pretty box. It is it is massive. How big is it total? <laughs> oh, let's see. That's maybe 16 inches by maybe 11 inches. By I'd call it five inches. It's definitely much bigger than what you're normally getting if you get like a box set that just holds like three core books or two core books or something like that from a lot of places. But it's it's a little more game box if you think of like a game company would put out. Um, yes. Well, there's a lot of stuff in there. So what all is in there in the in the box itself? Well, let me cheat and read off the side <laughs> so I don't forget something. It's got. A labyrinth generator inside the lid. Uh, uh, the lid is a rolling tray. Nice. The melee and wizard boxes are in there as little separate standalone games. And death test that I showed you, the solo adventure. Mm -hmm. Then there's the rule book itself. And I've got that someplace. Yeah, right here. And the rule book is a legit rule book. It's not like a, it's not like a little pamphlet book. It's a no, full size book. No, this is one hundred and seventy six pages, and it comes in a hardcover, but not in the box. Oh, I see. So and oh, I'm not done. There's oh, more stuff in there. <laughs> I'm just getting rolling. There's a twenty four page adventure with a full color map. There's a 12-page reference booklet. There's a four-panel GM screen. 
there's a whole bunch of double-sided megahex tiles. Let me see if I can show you a megahex tile. That's for building a combat map of any shape you want to. I should have realized you might delve this deep, and then I could have had stuff <laughs> just lying out. But We like to see games. <laughs> oh, and there's a whole bunch of counters. Oh, yeah. This, it's a nice, looks like a nice, sturdy board type. What yeah. is that stuff? What kind of material oh. that you make game boards out of the hex tiles are? Essentially? Yeah, well, this is uh, five shrink wrap together because I've never popped open the counters on this set. But yes, it's it's the heavy shrink wrap stuff. And then there's an assortment of little notebooks and so on to carry your stuff. And a big poster map and a pad of little mini character sheets because if you're just going to fight you don't need to save a whole lot of information you can oh, get the character sheet on that oh yeah the character sheet's probably no bigger than a note card yeah it's smaller than a note card it's a little bit bigger than a business card i like that i, I appreciate that a lot it's it's a lot easier than I, when i don't have to have a huge giant printout of like four or five pages yeah you don't need all that stuff and the, these are a couple of the mega hexes they're glossy so you can write on them with the wet erase markers mm -hmm. and they fit together nice. and on the front is just hexes and on the back is weird stuff in case you need a bridge or a magic circle or whatever excellent, excellent. and there's a whole little box of them and also the opponent you should not fight. This is the 14 hex dragon. We the put it in the 14 hex dragon is the opponent we shouldn't fight. So we're gonna what how do we deal with a dragon when that comes up in game? <laughs> run, run, <laughs> or beg for your lives. I shouldn't try to sneak in and steal the dragon's treasure. Yeah, you shouldn't. Well, that would be the only only thing to do is to try to sneak in. No, there are some more manageable dragons in the counter set. We just put that one in for grins. <laughs> because for comparison, a human is a one-hex creature. Yeah, and that's the the 14-hex dragon. Yes. Excellent. You've, you've been doing the game thing longer than most folks um, out there, I would say, probably. I've been doing the game thing longer than most folks have been alive. It's terrible. <laughs> So how did that start and what turned what what led you to being, you know, making so many games over the years? What what prompted that? What sparked that? Well, I've played games since I was little and in college I got into ch chess a little bit. Uh, <laughs> actually I was already into it in high school but there was nobody good to play against. <laughs> and more than chess, though, I got into Risk and War games and things like that. Yes. And after college, I happened to answer a Help Wanted ad that turned out to be, no kidding, a game company. Oh. It, it didn't say that in the ad. They just said they were looking for a zine editor. Oh, well, zine is kind of a secret word. If you're not into fandom, you don't know what a zine is. <laughs> So I knew that this ad was kind of written in, co in code in that one way, and they were looking for a science fiction fan. 
Yeah. And it turned out to be Metagaming, the science fiction game company. Yes. Which is no, no longer in business, but was a big deal for a while. And role-playing games, you've written some you've written some kind of known ones, or you've come out with some kind of known ones. How'd you go from working for Metagaming to creating Steve Jackson games? Well, after four years uh, with Metagaming... Well, you know the old saying, creative differences. Uh, yeah. The the owner wanted to do his company his way, and I wanted to do games my way. And I had achieved enough success with the games that I've done that I thought I could maybe make it on my own. Mm -hmm. And it worked out. Oh, it definitely worked out. Now, a lot of us who play role-playing games, like, like when I hear that Steve Jackson games, one of the first things that pops into my mind is GURPS. But... I think that in the, like especially in this day and age, you've had probably some. I don't know if it's more successful than GURPS, but games that aren't role playing games as well that have been pretty successful, like Munchkin and stuff like that. Correct? Munchkin is definitely our <laughs> biggest seller. We have sold more than a million copies of oh. of just the small box game, and more than a half million of the big box deluxe version. And then there are all the supplements and all the translations and so on and so on. And I don't even know. Yeah. So just games in general, Steve Jackson Games has put quite a few different types out there. <laughs> yes. Uh, I tend to get interested in different things. And then mm -hmm. I say, I'd like to do one of those. And the next thing <laughs> you know, we're doing one of those. I'm getting into 3D printing right now. And so we're releasing STL files for miniatures collectors. Oh, nice. I think that I think I may have heard something about that some point in time that y'all were going to be getting into 3D printing stuff and STLs. How did how did you how did you uh, start going down that road? Whim. Just a whim. <laughs> yeah. 3D printing is neat. And uh, find out there's already a very healthy community of, of people doing miniatures and i love miniatures play i love painting i'm not very good at it but i love it and i love playing with the painted stuff i would like to ask a little bit about gurps okay and because it's been out for a minute and i've got a few versions of it from over the years on my shelf when, and I'm not sure if all my listeners are familiar with what gurps is it's generic universal role-playing system correct yes and it is supposed to be the game that you can run any game genre or anything you can imagine with it, correct? That's the idea. There's a very, very long list of uh, skills that you can buy and a few different magic systems. And you kind of pick the one that works for you. There's a system for super heroics. The idea was to be universal and furthermore, to let you do interesting mashups, it definitely allows for that. And it's it's one system that I'll say, and I've said I've said one thing about GURPS books for many years. Even if you aren't going to run GURPS itself, the supplemental books you should buy. They are good. They have plenty of stuff for your game, no matter what game you're running. They just are chock full of good information. That's totally the goal. We want to fill them with information, and we want to make them readable. We did a poll once and found out that 30% of our GURPS customers weren't playing any game at all. 
they were buying the source books to read for pleasure and to think about the game they might run someday. Really? Yeah. I guess I can see that. And I know when I was younger, I would often run into kids who had never played that had plenty of books, but they just never had a game group. <laughs> so I'm assuming that there's probably a sizable amount of folks out there, maybe less so with the internet than it was back then. But Yeah, virtual tabletops will make a difference on that when they get good. Now, I'll be honest, I've not done too many virtual tabletops, and when I have, I, I found it a little frustrating. <laughs> We've just been... They're a little this. frustrating, but they'll get better. It's just a technical... Well, it's a whole hat full of technical problems. <laughs> they can be solved. Yeah. Yes, they can. I, hopefully, they do get better. We still, I still prefer playing at my table in my game room, but we do most of our games online now, which... Mm -hmm. At, at this age, when you have like kids and a family and a house and work and everything, it's a lot easier to go onto your computer than to have to go to someone's house. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious to know, what are you playing these days? Not as much as I would like. Oh. I I get in a lot of playtesting. Um, recent games that I like would include Century. I guess that's not so recent anymore, mm -hmm. but uh century is awesome i'm not sure if i'm familiar with century where what was that get familiar with it i i i will have to do that it's uh it's a board game and it's kind of hard to describe you just have to play it it's good i like terraforming mars uh i could play terraforming mars all day but then you have to play it all day so that works out <laughs> excellent can I ask about something that may be a little more of a sensitive topic? Ooh, <laughs> sure, go ahead. <laughs> you all had put a statement on the site about what happened with Roe v. Wade. A few, was that, has, has it been a month or two ago now? It's been uh, a minute. <laughs> more than a month. More than a month. And I wanted to say that we here at Wobblies and Wizards really appreciated the statement, what you had to say. We had, we did an episode. If you haven't heard that episode, everyone, we we read through it. We talked about it and said essentially that we appreciated what you all had, had to say. And it, I feel that it was said what you all had to say was better than what I had heard from other companies that were saying things as well. Would you be willing to speak on that for a minute for us so we can get some insight? <laughs> Well, I could wish that more companies had come out and made stronger statements in defense of their employees mm -hmm. uh, when when that was when that came out. But that's the way it goes. Yeah, this was basically a a statement that said, "No, we're not going to jump on the bandwagon of specifically promising to take an employee across." state lines if they need an abortion or pay for that or whatever mm -hmm. um, because the question of something that personal it it should not be between a woman her doctor and the personnel department i i completely agree and i really appreciate you saying that <laughs> we can try to handle things with a whole lot more tact and discretion but Roe v. Wade was just the trigger. There are a lot of instances of government overreach right now mm -hmm. that, uh, that 
could threaten people's lives and livelihood. And what I said, and took probably more words than I needed to say it, <laughs> was that if this government nonsense is harming an employee, talk to one of our directors and we'll help. Mm -hmm. And the form the help takes is going to depend on the form the harm takes. Yes. But we'll work with you. Well, I think that's I think that's a, a fabulous route to go. And I think that acknowledging that those problems are happening right now is an important thing for people to be doing in the public sphere. So I appreciate it from from that uh, respect, if that makes sense. <laughs> well, thank you. I, d I really didn't feel like it was anything like it should be anything special. Mm -hmm. But there were disappointingly few statements that were unambiguous yeah and it's it's easier i think for some folks to try to put something out that's very ambiguous and brief than to go as in-depth as y'all did just <laughs> i just i think perhaps for some they're trying to avoid any kind of controversy or yeah. upsetting anyone or stepping on toes and that's understandable that companies don't want to get into politics because then they're going to lose a person that's how companies function but at a point i feel that you know doing what's right kind of trumps other things <laughs> so to speak well i appreciate that a great deal now we're coming close to time could you tell the listeners where they can pick up fantasy trip and where they can pick up well any of your games to be exact online or find you all online well, actually, the first place I want to send them is not online. Go to your local game store. They might have it on the shelf, and if they don't, they may be willing to order it for you. Your local game store needs your support in, in these times more than ever. That's the place where you meet people. That's the place where you learn about new games. Uh, you need that store, and you deserve, I mean, they deserve support from you. If you don't have a local game store or if your local game store isn't that friendly, then sure, go online. Our online store is Warehouse 23, which has the complicated URL of warehouse23.com. <laughs> go there. We just right now are in the process of upgrading the store. You may see a hiccup here and there but uh, it's getting smoother. And you can put both PDFs and physical goods in your shopping cart. So buy both PDFs and physical goods. Lots of them, please. <laughs> uh, I, Lord knows I spent too many, many monies on games over my lifetime. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for coming on. It's been great getting a chance to talk to you. Oh, I enjoyed it. It's a good interview. Thank you. Thank you. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at LogarHaleCrom, and we're on Patreon. We could really use any support that we can get. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling. <laughs>